Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or visit their website at greyhoundpp.com.au. We hope that you enjoy this episode and thanks to everyone for your support in promoting our wonderful industry. I suppose we have to first um, start by your um, well. The, the, someone tagged me in the article originally um, on one of the UK Greyhound websites. It said that um, you're a bit intrigued and possibly contemplating uh, travelling across to Australia for our five hundred thousand uh, dollar. I think it's going to be called the seven fifteen at the Gardens next year. How um, is that? Just a sort of a, a dream, or is you know, are you hoping to maybe put? put some plans in place to make that happen yeah i'm definitely putting some plans in place to see if we can make it happen you know i've got a bitch there that's capable of running in it so you know i'm the sort of person if i've got a dog good enough then i'll travel so you know you'd never thought of australia years ago but in today's world things have changed and the traveling is not what it used to be uh i have looked on the quarantine side of things that's not too bad either it's just making sure the jobs and everything are all in order Yep. Uh, there's a few people over here now with some really good dogs. Uh, I'm good friends with uh, a top breeder over in Ireland, Liam Dowling. So I'm going to have a chat to him because if I'm coming with one, you know, if there's for that sort of prize money, if yep. there's a few few up one ago, then you know I, I can maybe look after them while I'm there and they can come along with me. So it's definitely something that it's a shame that Christmas, which you know everyone's always busy at Christmas time with the dogs anyway. People are having time off and different things, but. You know, I'm really getting head on on it to look, see how we do it, and you know what it's going to cost, and how we, how we do it. So it's definitely something we're considering. Yeah, nice. And I suppose, how do you go from having you know um, your dogs over there that chase the lure around the outside of the track? How do you sort of transition them to chasing around the inside? Is it just a matter of rocking up to the track and trolling them, or would you have to try change their training um, patterns at all? Uh, that is that is the question you see some dogs take to things pretty simple other dogs just won't have it I mean I've had them in the past uh, over in England we used to have the outside of here and inside here and some dogs it was never an issue and some just wouldn't take to it so yep. it is something between now and then uh, I've got to have a chat to a few friends and see what we can do and see if we can artificially set something up over here that we can try them before we come over because you know we don't really want to travel all that way and then we try and get the dog to go behind your inside lure and you don't want to have it. I'm quite confident my bitch wouldn't have a problem. You know, she goes up behind the drag lure up the gallop and she's not got an issue with it. And I will put around the whirly gig and that goes around on the inside. So I don't think she's got a problem. But obviously, if other people have got dogs, they want to send them with me. I don't want to have their costs incurred and then me say to them, oh, your dog's not having it, they'll be gutted. So yep. that's something between now and June we've definitely got to have a look at. Yep. Who's the bitch that you're, you're thinking of bringing over? Uh, Sally Kiss Pippi. She won a, a big race at Toaster, uh, which is like our premier track, and she broke the track record over 7.20 round Toaster. And then we went to Crayford, and we won the Cesare Rich with her about three, le- three weeks later, which is another big category one. Uh, that was over 8.74. So that was even further. So wow. I don't think even on your big gallop, she had a problem. Yep. Oh, seven fifteen would be a cakewalk for her if she's run run that distance. 
Yeah, no, she, she, she'd look around there. She's got really good early pace. That's one good thing about her. She yep. has got some really, really good early pace. You know, she goes up strong. So, you know, it's once she gets herself out in front, and they're, they're not catching her. So it, it, it'd be really, really interesting as well to see the difference between your dogs and our dogs. Yeah. You know, when you look at the, the data ratings, there's not that much difference if the data ratings are truthful with tracks to tracks. So, you know, there's only so much speed or so much pace a dog can produce. So I think they're pretty well matched, to be quite honest. Yep. I'd like I'd love to think we could come over there and beat you. That's what we could Hey, look, you couldn't I do it. A... <laughs> you couldn't do any worse than your cricket team, surely. <laughs> <laughs> somebody somebody said that we're bad to get bring that up. <laughs> Hey, look, we're gonna... we have beat you in the past. I know, I know. That's what I mean. We've got to take our victories when we can, so... <laughs> my, my, my biggest concern is if I get out to Australia with your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Um, the other thing, too, is, um, like, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, like, we were speaking about it um, before, there's $2 million chases next year, and I think one of them is due to sort of run... April slash May, which obviously, if this seven fifteen race goes ahead in June, it's pretty close to that. Would you consider having a crack at that as well? She isn't a four bend bitch. That's you know I took her over to Ireland uh, last weekend, and they changed the distance from the eight fifty to a seven fifty yard. Which your four bend Derby class dogs they run in it and. They catch the stairs out, stairs are stairs, and you know the four bend pace can quickly swallow them up. Even if they do crack out and get an early lead, They're, and it's you know the million dollar. It sounds nice, but if you're not going to win it, there's no point thinking about yeah. it. Now there is dogs over here. There is dogs over here. And there's people. I mean, I was discussing last time Liam come over because Liam Dowling stops at the kennels when he comes over to the Derby, and we were discussing Australia because the prize money over uh, over there compared to over here in Ireland is phenomenal. It's just different gear. I know we were speaking earlier and you said there's a few people grumbling about prize money over there. Well, they want to come over here and spend a bit of time and they'll they'll go back just different gear. It's, <laughs> Australia's just absolutely different gear. Yep. What, um, so, you know, I don't know nothing about pounds to um, Aussie dollar conversions, but, you know, just a standard normal, um, you know, I suppose tab race is what we call them over here. What What do you collect if you win first? Over here, you'd probably get like two hundred dollars, two fifty dollars. So it's that's what you get for first, just for running. A lot of the places over here is probably eighty dollars for an also run. But uh, if you win, you get two fifty dollars. Where I've been told over at yours, you're a hundred, a thousand, five hundred dollars, aren't you? So England is double. So whatever you are, you know, it's you halve it. For the English rate, so your half a million would be a quarter million over here. Yep, yep, yeah, right. So, wow. So it's a big difference. Like you're running for fifteen hundred. Yep. That would be seven seven fifty over here. Well, we're running for probably one two five or wow. one fifty. Yeah. Yep. The open the open races, you're probably running for two fifty. So that's like five hundred dollars. So that'd be quite. A, that'd be like one of your premier tracks running in decent races. We're running for like five hundred dollars. Where you'd be running probably for ten grand. Yep. It's massive difference. Massive. Wow. So do you like do you train full time? Is that um is there many full time trainers over there? Because I'm just thinking, how would you possibly you know feed them and you know keep um keep on top of all your expenses with that sort of prize money? <laughs> That's the biggest 
there's no room at this point in time. You know, people do it. There's a lot of people do it full time, professional trainers, and I can assure you they're not rich. You know, if they are rich, they've got a second income, they've got another business, which you know quite a few people do do, yeah. and that's how the sport over here has has got by really. Uh, there's many people who've got rich on the back of other people's love for the sport uh, because they're not earning. Yet there is money out there, and other people are taking the money, and it's just not coming down to the down to the nitty gritty. You know, the actual trainers and the the owners putting the money in. So, you know, there's got to be some changes. Yep. You know, they keep saying they want they want to have changes, but I think the the issue we have over here, the people who can make the changes, are already earning plenty of money, and they don't want to give it up. Yeah. So, and it's been like, and it's been like that for so many years. You know, we've just had a, an increase in some uh, prize money over here, and some of the, some of the media are jumping through hoops, saying how wonderful it is, and it's like you're supposed to be sat there with a begging bowl, being grateful for it. Well, you know, the the issue is we've we've had the Mickey took out of us for so many years. We're not going to like, jump around. When you've just given us a little bit more, we want the genuine amount. We see what Australia's doing, yep. and we know the money's out there. The bookmakers are paying the money to you guys over there, yep. so why aren't they paying for us? Yeah, the reason they're not paying it is because they don't have to. Yeah, and it's happened for the, for so long. Yeah, right. So we were speaking um, before we started this about obviously the, um, and I don't know the exact percentages of um, you know betting revenue share and all the rest of it, but. Um, you were telling me how bad it is over there and, you know, the this minute percentage that, you know, the sport gets over there from um, betting revenue. Yeah, well, the thing is that yours, yours is all state-based and uh, we aren't and it's all, what we actually get is like 0.6 and that's actually voluntary. So we've really had to battle quite hard to get that. Uh, I mean, I have put forward a few cases that we can, instead of, Battling really asking for a voluntary, you know, we could actually enforce some sort of extra revenue, but it just doesn't seem to be any real conviction by some of our board members to actually try and get this money what yep. we should be getting. So yep. uh, something's got something's got to crack somewhere along the line. Something's got to give, and something's got to crack over here because people can't live on on hand nothing you know you've got lots of people working as kettlelands and yeah. not getting the full share of wages what they should be getting because you can't afford to do it you know yeah. it's the money's not there so you know we all talk about welfare and over here we really have had to battle and get the welfare right yeah. but welfare costs yeah so, you know you need the money there so you can do everything right what you should do yeah so you know these people these people have got to wake up they want the sport to carry on and these bookmakers want to keep earning out this sport that you know they need to realize Money's got to come to help, help pay for everything. Yep. Now you're on. Um, you're on the. Is it? I read the GBGB board. Is that right? As a director. Yeah, I'm. I'm a, a director on there as a trainers representative. Okay. But uh, that the the power sharing on there can you know as a trainer there's one voice when there's probably ten or eleven or twelve other members and you know one can't battle against the majority so it it, it is a struggle. So I know our, we had an owner's rep, a director, and he, he left probably uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and there was an owner's rep just before that. He left in a short term because they go on there and they realise we just hit their head against a brick wall and they, they just can't see the point being there. Well, I say, I've stayed on because I think myself a voice is better than no voice. Yeah. Even though the voice is, is very quiet compared to everyone else, it's, it's better than no voice at all. So, you yeah. know, it's easy to work from within than work from the outside. Yeah. 
What um so what in terms of you know crowd attendance and participant numbers and all that sort of thing you know leaders bread is the sport um is it growing over there in popularity? No, it's 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 on a bit of a demise at the moment because I think they've lived in the olden days a little bit uh, and they've always looked. This is the promoters now who run the tracks. A lot of them have looked at the bookmaker money. And they've had empty tracks, but they've been getting paid for racing by the bookmakers. And they've seen that as an easy pound note. And they've not carried on looking at the leisure pound and attracting the public in. Well, that's wrong because you want people in to see it and enjoy the sport. And then they will go away and bet. And then that will produce extra income for the for the bookmakers. Yeah. So it's a bit, a bit short term, really. Now, we have got another promoter which has started opening some tracks uh, I mean, our Premier Track now, Toaster, I was there last night because you've contracted to different tracks. It's not like you guys over there where you can run at any track you want. Over here, the majority of runners, you, you're contracted to, to one track. Oh. Now, I've gone to, I've gone to, I've gone to Toaster, uh, and last night it was packed. The place was absolutely buzzing. So probably on a Saturday night there, I, I'd have said there were at least a good thousand people there. So oh, wow. That wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be bad for a sat night at one of our tracks. Yep. Now we we would run other tracks on mon- on morning meetings, say Monday morning, uh, which is solely for the internet, and you might you might get two or three people there. That's all you might get, but they're making the money by selling the pictures to the to the bookmakers. Right. Yep. Yep. So just going back to what you said about contracts. So you sign a contract to race at a certain track and that's all tracks and they're the only places you can race at. If you've, if you've got a dog like what I've got with Pippi, yep. then a lot of other tracks might put on what they call special races, which are an open race like your million dollar race where you could come from outside the city, whatever. Yep. We do have those and I, I can enter in them. But me, me lower grade dogs, you know, you what would you call them, your, your little tracks for the round, etc. That's where you, you're contracted to supply. So you, what you do, you'd have a contract to say, I will supply you 30 dogs a week. And they wow. you know, they take your 30 dogs. Yep. yep. Now, the, now, the issue, now the issue with that, what we've had over there with the, the contracts here is, you sign a contract that you will supply or guarantee to supply them 30 or 40 dogs. But that contract doesn't mean that they're going to take them 30 or 40 dogs. So you could be sat there and only have 20 runners in a week, yet you've got to feed 30 or 40 dogs because you've got to guarantee you will supply them. They don't pay you for 30 30 or 40 dogs. They only pay you for what they run, but you've got to guarantee to supply them. So it it has been very lopsided over here, very one-sided. Yeah, right. God, you just must look at what's happening over here and just (laughs) throw your hands up and go, I wish I was in Australia. (laughs) Yeah, well, honestly, we're, we're in awe and... You know, I've got my nephew who's helping me now and, you know, he's at an age where you have to look and turn around and go, you know what, should you be going over to Australia and, and going, we're working with one of the trainers over there and yeah. then trying to set yourself up. And, you know, like I said, I'm good friends with Liam and, and we have discussed about, like, even having a satellite kennel over in, over in Australia because he's got a really good son who's into the sport, Shane, uh, and he has considered whether to send his, his son over there and set up another another place over there because the money's just honestly you don't realize every year how hard it is to try and keep ends meet and yeah. keep on top of things compared to compared to you guys it's i mean i've talked to one of your chaps the other day and he says some of your trainers are millionaires well 
I'll guarantee there's more skinned people over here than the, what, what there is millionaires out of Greyhound Racing. Yep. What's, um, I've, I've seen a couple of um, Twitter um, tweets before about, you know, sort of the lack of media um, coverage in particular, you know, on the, the big race nights and that sort of thing. Has that improved at all? No. I mean, we've, we've seen that you've got Sky Racing involved over over yours and Sky Racing is a bit attached over here, but we have a lot of problem with the, the animal rights. I know the you, you guys over there know better than anybody. Uh, and they've got stuck into the the game over here a little bit, and Sky seemed to sort of like pull away pretty quick, pretty quick from it. Which you know, it surprised me really when you think, well, Sky are taking it over in Australia. You know, what's the difference between Australia and over here? Yeah. So uh, you know, it's it's people having the appetite to get stuck in and, and get it sorted. And we have got a commercial guy over here now, and you know, I do question what's being done really, and. and you know, are we looking at things and getting things done on this side of it? Because the Sky Racing was awesome. You know, yep. when a Sky Racing meeting was on, it was packed. The tracks were absolutely packed. People loved to go. They wanted to get on TV. You know, all the owners and stuff. Sky TV just totally made a big difference. And uh, I don't know, some of the commercial decisions what are made within this sport, you just have to really just question and ask yourself out. Yeah, how no, has it ever happened? How has it passed? Yep, and I suppose too, like you were saying, that um, you know the the welfare practices have improved. That's the sort of stuff that needs to get out there and be promoted, because ultimately that's what's going to. Um, I know, particularly, you know, since um, I don't know if you know about the the live baiting documentary that got aired. Oh, what was it? Five or six years ago, but obviously, you know, that changed a lot of people's opinion of the sport, and you know, everyone's done a lot of hard work, particularly, you know, media organisations to to make sure that we, you know, um, show people that it's, you know, we're not like that, and you know, we do look after our dogs. So I think that's, you know, that's an opportunity for them over there to do that. Well, the the problem is that in any walk of life, it's not just our walk of life for grounds. One one bad apple can ruin it for everyone. Yeah. And that that one bad apple, the the animal, the welfare aunties, whoever they are, they will just use that one 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 practice or that one person, and it's just it's not fair. Yeah. You know, our, our sport is very clean over clean over here. You know, we've got a lot of good people, and actually the bad apples are gone. They're back. You know, we have cleared them out, and they have gone like over over yours. You know, things like this don't happen. They, you know, and people harp on about the past. You can't keep harping on about the past. Yeah. You know, look where we are now, and you've got to work on where we are now. And our welfare over here and stuff, it's like yours. You know, we've got on top of it. We've yeah. had to, and we are. Yeah. And we need to shout about it a bit more that we are good. Um, you know, these dogs love to race. The biggest thing about all of this is these dogs love to race. When we're going racing, and all the dogs want to get out and get on that band to go racing. If they didn't love it, they wouldn't be doing that. They're absolutely mad. If you if you just open a kennel, that a dog would run straight out and get on the band because it wants to go racing. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you're taking that away from them. They are they are bred to race. That's they're in the makeup and they want to do it. Yep, yep. How many um how many dogs have you got in your kennels in work at the moment? I've probably got about 50, 50 here now. Yeah, I mean, wow. That, well, I used to have 150, so oh, it's, God. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it went from being a bit of a hobby. I mean, my me, me mother and father, father had their own track, so I grew up in in Greyhounds, and uh, it was just a natural progression that I went out, got myself a job, did whatever, and then 
started my own kennels and we got into it and it's just I kept grow, grow, growing and growing our applying dogs and breeding dogs and it, it took over a little bit but when you get to that sort of mark 150 it takes you a long while to gradually get back down again and it's yep. I'm down to a level now that I've got good staff I've got a group, good group of uh, staff there and we can do the dogs lovely now and it's it's reap rewards I used to be contracted to Nottingham I was very downbeat and very very depressed in the job there and I left there and I went to Toaster and it sort of like just re-energised me. Uh, I mean, we've got a top trainer over here, a guy called John Mullins from a real family what's steeped in great history. Uh, and he's, he moved and he went to Toaster and he said to me, he said, it just re-energised me. The, the guy here is, is the true promoter. He's, he's a dog owner, you know, he's, he owns dogs himself, a chap called Kevin Boothby. Uh, he's now trying to open a real wonderful track called Oxford as well. And it's... He's in the game for the right thing. He's not yeah. in the game to just milk, milk money out of it and yeah. take the money out of the ball. He's in it for the, the right reasons. And, you know, a lot of the Greyhound people are, are backing him because they can see he's a promoter what's trying to do the best for the sport. Yep. What have been some of your um, your biggest achievements in the sport so far? Well, probably in the, in the last month, really, to be quite honest. I mean, I had a wonderful, wonderful dog called Salika's Punch. Uh, if anybody ever goes on YouTube, they'll see some of his, his races. And he was he was a sprinter, so we'd say you your 300 to 400 meter sort of races. Yep. And actually, when I had him, I did look at Australia at that point in time because he did some straight races, and I was looking to see what the, it was paying. And it probably wasn't enough to bring him over, but that dog was different gear. Uh, I, do, I was just about to go into a final of a big big race, which was wouldn't say massive money actually terrible money but for prestigious it was one of our biggest prestigious sort of races over here for, for sprinters and he got something called CHP and, and I have read up of it the, you had it you had it in Australia uh, chronic hormonal uh, pneumonia and he won the semi-final and he was dead within 24 hours and it, <gasps> it broke my heart and I, I nearly finished I nearly finished the game because it did absolutely break my heart because it's, the best, it's the best dog I've ever had yep and even compared, even compared to Pippi, he was just, she's amazing and she's awesome, but he just got everything. The the raw pace and the power and everything he got, he was the most beautiful dog you've ever seen. It just it just broke my heart. And so he would have won me. I, I, I assure you, he would have won me some major competitions. Yep. I even went to Ireland on their biggest night over in Ireland with him and won one of their big races on Derby final night. So that'd be like on your million dollar yeah. night. I went to I went to Ireland with him, and you don't go to Ireland to win races because Ireland have got all the best dogs. But yep. to go over there, that's, that's you know the English don't go. I think I think sometimes a lot of the English yellow bellies they don't like to uh, <laughs> take on take on more than can chew. Sometimes you know, if they're winning if they're winning everything over here, they think well that it's nice and easy. Why go and try anything harder? And I think well, you know that's part of, that's part of my makeup. Always to have a bit of fun and. And try, and if you're winning something here, win, go try and win something somewhere else, you know, yep. enjoy yourself. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's all about cracking this game and enjoy, enjoying it. Oh, definitely. Now, I I do have to ask, I, you know, I probably should have done a bit of research, but are there any Australian sires that um, are pretty prominent over there and spoken about? Oh, yeah, yeah, we've had, we, we, a lot of the Australian uh, sires come over here. I have actually seen a few bitches. Uh, which have been Fernando Bale, which was yep. quite surprised me, really, to be quite honest, because I know he's very expensive over there, and to actually be able to afford and put him over a bitch over here, but 
you know, the people who have these pictures over here, they were wealthy, wealthy individuals. So they obviously decided to have a change. But we've had a lot over here with the A-side Rumble. He was one. You know, you probably look at our breeding over here and a hell of a lot is uh, from behind the scenes from over in Australia. We did have a bit of American bloodline, bloodline come in, but uh, we've had a hell of a lot of Australian. Yep. Oh, that doesn't surprise but, me about Fernando. He's number one over here, so why wouldn't he be? Yeah, I was told how much he sort of earned it at Studdard. I was like, crikey me, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've got one over here. Well, uh, it's nice one, Droop in Sydney. Now, he's really, he, he's been phenomenal what he's produced over here just lately. So, I'm surprised there's not been any uh, any files go over to Australia from him. I, I, I bet there has actually been quite honest because... He's producing some super dogs. Yeah, okay. Now, that's interesting because I know, you know, so many people are um, are always keen to sort of explore the, the overseas size and, you know, some of them come over, like they get vials over here and you go, who's that? And the next minute they throw a, a group one winner. So, um, no, I think people yeah. will definitely be looking up that one for sure. Yeah, well, they like to put a bit of difference into the, into the bloodlines, don't they? Because you can get too much Australian or you can get too much English or Irish. So it is good to, to to change it up a bit. I mean, the, the American size at one point there was quite a few about, but I mean, obviously the racing in America's gone gone very low key now. But I was actually I was very very shocked and surprised to see how much greyhound racing there is all over the world in different places. You know, I didn't realise in some of the European countries how, how big it is. So you know, it's still flying. Greyhound racing is still a massive popular sport and. You know, we just need to promote it better over here and, yeah. and do more work do more work with it. Yep. Is there anything sort of um you know, I, I know we haven't spoken about a lot of positive with it, but is there anything sort of in the in the works that people can sort of look forward to over there? Yeah, it'd be it'd be Oxford opening. Oxford's gonna be a massive, massive job thing for this sport. It's you know, it's it's in an area what's always been a a big ground following. Uh, and when it went, it was it really hit us hard. But uh, you know, there's lots of different things, like lots of different sports attached to Oxford. The Speedway will be back there. You know, Speedway has a big following over in England, uh, and to get that track back open and up and running, it, it, it's going to be a massive positive for the, for the sport. Yeah, good. That's exciting. Yeah, and uh, we we just we need to get ourselves back on some proper TV. We we do have uh, a regular daytime channel which is RPTV which is more of a bookmaker sort of channel uh, but Sky TV was massive and if we could get ourselves back on there it's going to be worth anything but it costs yeah it'd be, it'd be nice to come over there and see I mean I was thinking to myself well if I come over I think to myself crack me I don't want to travel all around the world to the other side and not go and see some of Australia but the problem is with us in England we can travel from one side of England to the other side in a day yes and <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we travel the world. We travel the world, and we think to ourselves, "Oh, we can't do that over here." I mean, I, I went to Australia uh, to Canada not too long back, and I, I got the train from. I went on the train from Toronto over to Vancouver, and it took four days. And I was like, "A train for four days over here? You'd have gone around the country three times, <laughs> not more." So, you know, it, it does it does surprise us over here how, how big the world is sometimes, and we we think. We don't realise we're on a very small island in yeah. reality, even though there's plenty of people on it. You've been listening to the Greyhound Girl Podcasts with Dimity Ma, proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. 
You can find them on Facebook or their website, greyhoundpp.com.au.